when I started sketching and then when I find urban sketching, what I liked is it was letting me create in spaces of my day that would otherwise be on the phone or just staring off to space or something like that. So instead of waiting to get home and get to my studio, being able to be creative wherever, whenever, really appealed. Hey, glad you're here today. You're listening to Choose to be Curious. This is a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. I'm your host, Lynn Borton. Welcome. Come, choose to be curious with us. Two things converged for me this spring that brought me here to this show today. I enrolled in an online travel sketchbook class offered by the Art League, and I happened upon the Sergeant Whistler and Venetian Glass exhibit at the National Museum of American Art. The sketchbook class was wonderful, perfect for a rank beginner like myself, taught by Susan Abbott, an artist in Vermont, who managed to find encouraging and constructive things to say about even our most rudimentary efforts, and who urged us to let go of our obsession with perfection. Drawing is often just trying to find what you're looking for, she said. Sketching keeps you curious and alert. Right she was. I found myself looking at my seemingly stale surroundings in an entirely new way. Suddenly, all sorts of things looked interesting. And one weekend, around the same time, found me at the Museum of American Art, utterly captivated by a handful of etchings of Venice done by James Whistler. If you'd asked me, I probably couldn't have named a work of his beyond the famous portrait of his mother, but forget her. This is the work that sings. The images were intimate, evocative, tantalizing. He captured back canals, obscure buildings, shadowy doorways. Much was left to the imagination, but so much was packed into those vignettes of daily life. Really stunning. I wanted to see more images like that, images that took me places in small and surprising ways. And then, somewhere, somehow, I came upon a modern iteration of Whistler's work called Urban Sketching. UrbanSketchers.org is actually a global community of sketchers dedicated to the practice of on-location drawing. They share their love for the places where they live and travel one drawing at a time. Some of these folks are incredibly talented, professional artists who take a proverbial busman's holiday in their spare moments capturing life as it unfolds around them. Others are arguably less skilled, professionally pointed in other directions, but clearly no less passionate. They are all, together, likely enthusiastic proponents of an ethos Whistler himself espoused, art for art's sake. This looking around, this paying close attention, this is all the stuff of curiosity. So I suppose it's no surprise that it's resonated so much for me. And I went in search of someone nearby who might join me for a curiosity conversation. Lucky for me, us, one of the values of this loose network of self-described urban sketchers is a commitment to sharing their work. So once you know where to look, 
The web and social media are full of people's sketches. Pen, pencil, watercolor, pastels, carefully rendered architectural drawings, cartoon illustrations of people going about their business or whatever that may be, gestural images that appear almost abstract until you look more closely, food trucks, flowers, antique cars, festivals, random road signs. It was a little watercolor of a glass of Coca-Cola that told me I'd found my guest. Todd Comston sketches and teaches others to do so as well. You can commission him to draw something for you, but I suspect his real joy is in creating his loose, appreciative images of daily life, wrought often in kind of stolen moments at lunch or on a train, moments made memorable by things like a simple, sweaty glass of Coke. I'm always grateful when a potential guest jumps at my invitation, which typically comes from out of the blue, and so Todd did, getting right into the curiosity spirit. So I'm delighted to have Todd Cumston join me today. Welcome, Todd. <laughs> well, thanks for inviting me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So I'm actually going to borrow a lead from an interview on Curiosity in the Future of Law, where I was on the other side of the mic. So what is urban sketching and why is it important? Well, it's a conglomeration of basically citizen sketchers, yeah. people who for some reason are drawn to representing their daily life and the stuff around them in a some sort of journal. Part of the ethos of, of urban sketching is, is sketching in place, not from photographs or other representations, but trying to get the excitement of the location and the people down in real time. It's really in the moment, in every sense of the word, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what got you started with it? Well, I always sketched as a kid. And then probably about 2012, my wife gave me a fountain pen. (laughs) The gateway drug. (laughs) Yeah, that was it. And every week, my son went to fencing class. So I'd take a sketchbook, and I'd sketch the fencers as they were fencing for an hour. And then I started expanding from there and started sketching wherever I was. I would just sketch you know, hanging out in a line, sketch somebody. And I started doing that more and more, started only with pen, and then started searching online to find other people who were sketching. And that's when I stumbled across urbansketchers.org uh-huh. and started making connections with other people who were showing their stuff online. Do you have any idea how big network this is? I I don't remember the number, but it is huge. That's my sense. You know, I started kind of poking around like, well, where are these groups? And they're like everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's remarkable. I'm member of a number of the organization chapters like Baltimore, D.C., down in Fredericksburg. Um, They're all over. Yeah. And if you go to the organization website, you can get connected to the local chapter near you. So... Is sketching, urban sketching, or otherwise the curiosity enterprise that I think it is? It is because, well, it what I found really helpful is once I found urban sketching, it gave me sort of like parameters that I could work uh, within. Yeah, yeah. Before, when I was sketching, I was just randomly sketching stuff. And once I found the urban sketchers with their own manifesto, mm-hmm. It gave me 
guardrails. Yeah. And yeah. it gave me sort of it pointed me in a direction. And then I also started seeing other people and how they were doing scenes and how they were handling not only sketching with a pen, but again, I, I started getting into using then colored pencil and then watercolor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it pointed me in a direction and focused me. Right. You know, it's funny, when I was looking at the website, and of course, they're very upfront about the manifesto, and it's kind of like, these are our values. Right. And, you know, my first reaction was like, whoa, they're rules. And then I thought, no, they're, they're values. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them revolve around the importance of community, which was really interesting to me because it's such a solitary enterprise, but coupled with this community thing. Do you, can you speak to that at all? That seems really important to me. Yeah, you're, you're right. It is kind of solitary when you can be solitary. Uh-huh. But we have sketch crawls. Numbers of us get together and sketch on location at a single place. And so we're experiencing the same location, but we're taking it from different angles and different styles of rendering. So it's fun afterwards to get together and we throw down, as we call it. We put our pictures (laughs) down and and then show what we did. Uh And it's really cool to see someone else's take on what we've just been in front of for the last hour or so. Right. I mean, you're not necessarily focused on exactly the same thing, but you're in the same place. Right. And, you know, my father likes to say, if you change your point of view, you see something new, right? So you're sitting and you're scattered around wherever you are, and you each focus on different things. And I think that's such a, I think that's such an important lesson on kind of how we are in the, in the rest of life, right? We all sit places and we focus on different things mm-hmm. in our environment. But this is a lovely manifestation of kind of a celebration of what other people are seeing. I yeah. bet those throwdowns are lovely. Oh, it's it's great because for me, I like to get, a lot of times, I like to get right on top of whatever I'm sketching. So I'm like right next to a building, <laughs> yeah. look, craning my neck, looking up, ah, okay. so I can get an extreme angle where someone else is, is way back. back. Interesting. And, and so we'll get different crops Uh on the same viewpoint and again it's cool to see someone else's story that they've put down in their picture right right it's amazing looking at the different styles you know is it way back is it close up what grabbed me about this single solitary glass of (laughs) coca-cola was this sort of celebration of the everyday, which seemed to me to sort of epitomize what I was kind of understanding about this manifesto, this ethos, if you will, and the attention of your craft and your practice. And I, and I use practice in sort of all of the ways that we think of it, right? Attending to something that we might otherwise overlook. You're waiting for the rest of your meal, and you're attending to your glass of Coke. That's really lovely. That's like a curiosity practice. Well, practice is a great word for that actual sketch because I was practicing a watercolor technique called wet on wet. Oh, okay. So I was trying to push my craft while I was waiting for dinner. And uh, what I like about urban sketching, when when I started sketching and then when I find urban sketching, what I liked is... It was 
letting me create in spaces of my day that would otherwise be on the phone or just staring off to space or something like that. So instead of waiting to get home and get to my studio, that kind of thing, which which always, I never liked working in a studio. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So being able to be creative wherever, whenever, really appealed to my sense of artistic. It's also a lovely way of Rather than killing time, (laughs) you know, you're sort of celebrating the time that you have and the moment that you're in. Mm -hmm. And again, sort of with the curiosity lens, I think, well, that's a way of you sort of you sit down, you know, okay, like what's catching my eye? You know, what what am I going to pay attention to as opposed to I'm sitting, so I guess I'll just pick up my phone. Like right there, that's a curiosity practice. You've been listening to Choose to be Curious, conversations about curiosity in work and life. I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and I'm joined today by Todd Compston, who both practices and teaches urban sketching, drawing in real time the real world around him. It's a craft I've come to appreciate for how it slows me down and gets me to engage intimately with the people and places around me. A different and delightful sort of curiosity practice. One of my favorite things to look at is shadows. Oh, yeah. So I will get super turned on when I see a, a shadow across a car hood uh-huh. and I'll go like yeah I got that <laughs> and now do you do that with the pen do you do that with a pen and then watercolor and colored pencil do you color later I mean what's your particular technique usually what I'm most comfortable with uh-huh. but I'm trying to step out of that oh, good, good. is I will start with some sort of a outline shape of the main subject that Uh I want to focus on. So if it's a car, I do the outline of the car, and I'll put in as much detail as I feel is necessary. And that's been a thing I've worked on a lot, is is peeling back. I used to draw everything. And now you do less. Less is more? Yes. You know, I noticed that you you recently shared some pictures on Amtrak. And they have this lovely, almost kind of cobwebby edges, and then really zero you in on the people, mm-hmm. which I guess is what you were paying attention to. And it, it's a really effective, like I fill in the blanks, but I don't care really about mm-hmm. the rest of the picture. I care about what you saw. It was, it's funny because we went, my wife and I went to an exhibit of Toulouse-Lautrec oh, yeah. sketches and came out of it. And Wendy goes, now I see why you don't finish your pictures. <laughs> They're finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is one of the things that I have appreciated about it is that seeing so many different styles and seeing, you know, there are some people who absolutely every detail is there and that's beautiful. And there are those where it's like, well, I, I, can, I can only imagine what a lot of the detail is. But it's the it's what matters to you, right? It's what captures your eye. So do you think there are things that you notice or wonder about that non-sketchers miss? Well, again, I think, you know, things like the shadows yeah. are something that maybe not a lot of people who aren't artists would pass up on. Also, space between things. 
becomes oh, talk more about that perspective and being able to to get an idea of how far away one thing is from another oh yeah yeah can add an element of mystery excitement whatever it it plays into the story of the space yeah yeah well and as somebody who is you know just beginning to try to do some of this stuff i have some appreciation of just how hard that is to actually capture on a on a flat sheet of paper to capture that three-dimensional sense of distance yeah you have to really have to look at the scene carefully Mm -hmm. and get the lines i guess correct is the best way i can say Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. will then make your mind go okay that's fading off into the distance into the distance right well, and somebody said, you know, you have to draw what you actually see, right. not what you think you're supposed to see. Mm-hmm. That was really good advice. And I, it occurs to me it's actually really good advice in life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that we have this idea about what we're looking at. But when you when you break it down, when you try to actually recreate it, you realize, oh, this is actually put together really differently. Yeah, it's your brain has symbols of mm-hmm. things like a house and a person and stuff, and so when people start drawing, that's what they put down. Yeah, and you have to break them. So how do you break them? By practicing, <laughs> and that's by having my sketchbook with me. I can review past sketches uh-huh. and, and see what was effective and what could have been better. Yeah. Uh, what I like about the sketching practice is it's it's not like I'm spending tons of time and then going, oh, gee, I should have made that a little smaller. This gives me an opportunity to, in 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever, come up with a finished sketch and have something to review uh-huh. and build upon. So that's nice because it's it's sort of a low it's a low investment, right? Like it's fifteen minutes. Yeah. If it's not if it's not everything you wanted it to be, it's like okay, I learned something. Yeah. You know what's next? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, are there other curiosity practices? What I would call curiosity practices that you've cultivated to support your craft? Well, my. Art supplies of choice are all tactile. Uh. I know a lot of sketchers who are starting to pick up using like tablets and things like that. Uh. I am very much into feeling my medium. Uh, So what does that mean? And so I like working with, you know, fountain pens that you fill up by hand Uh and have nibs that are tuned certain ways to give me different line variations depending on how I hold the pen. And watercolor is crazy. (laughs) It's a very unruly medium. (laughs) And, you know, you can't perfect it. You You can start to gain control of certain things, but there's always going to be something that gets away from you. Uh, and yeah. that's the fun of it. Yeah, that's kind of what I like about it. It's like it's it's guaranteed to make me have to think about it or let go of something or, yeah. you know, I mean, I say this as a complete beginner. Whatever, I, but I take classes with other sketchers. Uh, if I want to pick up a certain technique, I've been taking classes with the uh, 
Sherry Blaukoff, who is a sketcher and a watercolorist who is great. And she travels around and, and gives classes. So you've taught, too. Do you have what you think of as sort of your signature tips for students? Well, I I do focus a lot on people getting sort of the on-ramp onto sketching. Mm-hmm. And the what you were talking about, which is seeing things, is very important. Yeah. And my method that I teach a lot of people is sort of what I call the outside-in. So... I, a lot of people will jump in on a, like if they're going to draw a person, they'll start with the eyes uh-huh. and the nose. And all of a sudden, their ears are in the wrong place. <laughs> yup. <laughs> and my, the method that I like to teach people is you start with the outline. Oh, the outline, yeah. Because you can usually get that pretty well. And then you can work inward oh, from the outline. It's like orienteering inward. Exactly. Oh, I like that. I like that. Do you find that your sketching elicits curiosity in others? Yes. While I'm sketching, uh, one of the things that the Urban, Fe- Urban Sketchers Manifesto thing is, you know, doing the sketches in location, right. they encourage you to invite people to watch or to comment. Ah. So how does that feel? How do people how do people do that? <laughs> well, I don't mind it. Uh-huh. I'm you know I, I did a lot of retail sales. Oh, so I'm go. used to people walking up to me and and starting to talk to me and things like that, but I don't mind it. I like I like especially like kids. Uh-huh. When they're, you know, I'm sitting there and sketching something and they'll come up and start looking over my shoulder and maybe mom and dad will go like, yeah, look, he's drawing. <laughs> and uh, and so I'll say, hey, like, do you like to draw? Uh-huh. You know, what do you like to draw? And I actually had something like that happen. I was wandering around Rehoboth trying to draw any animal that I saw. So I was on the footbridge and there were all these snapping turtles in the water. Mm. And I'm trying to draw oh, these snapping turtles in the water. And this family was kind of walking across the bridge, and I could hear them talking about, like, what's she doing? And, you know, and, and the dad said, I think she's drawing. And I thought, here are these two girls who were kind of, they were curious about what I was doing, yeah. but they weren't going to interrupt me, right? And so I kind of turned around and I said, yeah, I'm trying anyway. I mean, you want to see? And, oh, my gosh, these things barely look like turtles. But, but they got all excited that I was drawing these yep. turtles. So it's a nice invitation, isn't it? It is. It's it's really fun. And, you know, it, see the sort of shy smile yes. when you start talking. One of my favorite things to sketch is antique cars. Uh-huh. Like yeah, there's, like a, whole, there's oh. like a whole thing about antique cars in yeah. this universe I have discovered. <laughs> yeah. And I, I go a lot to, you know, antique car shows and sit there. And, and there's a lot of kids who are, you know, They'll get. They'll see one or two cars, and then they're ready to go. Yeah. So yeah. if they see someone doing something interesting, they'll they'll come right on over and that's, hang out for a that's while. That's very cool. So do you have other kind of events or venues that you like to seek out? Uh, well, I I like old buildings, uh-huh. so I'll, I'll travel places to go. One of my favorite places is Frederick, Maryland, or uh, Fredericksburg, yeah. uh-huh. Virginia, uh-huh. just because I like the sort of crenellations and, mm-hmm. and textures that the building has, uh, you know. And again, I had to break myself from doing every little thing. <laughs> and that's where the watercolor 
is nice because I'm starting to do texture with the paint versus the pen. Oh, yeah. And it gives a whole other dimension yeah. to the sketch. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, before I let you go, <laughs> I want to invite you to another kind of craft, my big jar of wannabe analogies. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So I have this literal big jar, suitable for sketching. <laughs> um, and I'm going to go ahead and take – I'm so excited. This hasn't happened in ages. You get to take out your own – Slip of paper. There you go. I'm going to take one for myself, one for our audience. And we're going to make an analogy to curiosity with whatever is on these slips of paper. So you want to go or you want me to go? Uh, I'll go. Okay. Um, mine is salt. Salt. Okay. So curiosity is like salt. Well, salt is a seasoning, but it's also kind of essential yeah. thing to life. And and really, uh, you know, curiosity can be like sort of a, a addition to things, but I think it really drives a lot of new ideas and changes. Yeah. So I think it's it's an essential Nice. Thing. Nice. Go. Bravo. Okay, so I have double dutch jump rope. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Boy. Okay. Um, so how is curiosity like double dutch? Uh, I jumped a lot of double dutch in my youth. And, um, you know, it's kind of hard to get in there. Like you, you, you sort of have to, you have to take this leap of faith to jump in between these two ropes going in opposite directions. But once you find your rhythm, you can really play with it. And I... I guess curiosity is like that, that sometimes it can feel hard to get into mm. or it can feel like you have to just take this blind leap. Um, but then once you're in there, it's just fun and you can kind of jump and twist and turn. And so <laughs> cause that's how I think curiosity is like double dutch. And audience, yours is wagon. How is curiosity like wagon? Let me know. Facebook, Twitter, hashtag analogy. Well, Todd, this has been great. Thank you Again, so much. Thank you for inviting me. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to now being part of the curious community. Oh, yes, yes. You've been listening to Choose to be Curious. You'll find this and all my previous episodes at choosetobecurious.com. And, of course, here on this fine community radio station. I hope you're following me here, there, and on social media at Choose to be Curious. Don't forget to send us your wagon analogy, hashtag analogy. Many thanks to my guest, Todd Comston. Check out links to his delightful drawings on my website. A shout out to Susan Abbott for igniting this spark for me. Links to her on my site as well. And in the spirit of urban sketchers, I've posted a couple of my own drawings on my website. Come see what a newbie with some encouragement can do. Maybe you'll pick up a pen and brush as well. Or don't be shy. The whole point is simply to look around and share what interests you. What could be nicer? Thanks too to Sean Ballack for our theme music. This is Town Market by One Such Village via Blue Dot Sessions. I hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, choose to be curious.